So we don't often talk about the importance of uh, leadership when running a uh, trading or a contracting business, but we should. Now, in today's episode, we're going to dig into what it takes to be a great leader uh, in your business. So stay tuned. We're going to get into it. Welcome to the Profitable Tradie Podcast, where we talk about hands-on strategies that you can use in your plumbing, electrical, or similar service business to make more money, get some time back, and make your business less reliant on you. Hope you enjoy, and don't forget to follow. Hey, I'm Tony Fraser-Jones, your host of uh, for today for the Top Profitable Trading Podcast. That was a bit of a mouthful, kind of got tangled up there. Anyway, uh, I'm here with Phil, uh, who's my sidekick, the CEO here at Profitable Trading. Phil, cool to hang out today, mate. Looking forward to uh, to this. I think this is going to be um, massively helpful. Yeah, mate. Yeah, I think it's going to be uh, an important one. Um, what are we What are we getting into? Mate, today we're talking about leadership and how uh, how important it is and how being a great leader is it's actually kind of hard work at times, isn't it? It is definitely hard work uh, and it's it's uh, it's a different set of skills than um, you know, than we're used to. You know, when we are tradespeople or technicians, we have some you know, great hands-on skills. We're good at getting stuff done. We're good with working with our hands, you know, and building and constructing things. But this is a different type of building and constructing. It's not a thing. It's building and constructing people, and and the right culture and a high performance culture in your business. So, a little bit different. Hundred percent, hundred percent. And so, a big part of leadership is is not falling back into what made you get here. You know, all of those skills that you're talking about that um that helped you become great at your trade and and end up starting your own business. Those are not the skills that it takes to continue being a great leader in your business. And I know we were talking earlier, Tony. Um. Yeah, about Band of Brothers. So, Band of Brothers, love that show. Yeah, if you haven't watched it, um, hey, it's a, it's an absolute thumper. Ten part series. Uh, it's just ten episodes. Um, follows one uh, one company all the way through World War Two. Um, Easy company. Europe. Easy company. Yeah. Paratroopers, the kind of the elite troops who go in beforehand. You know, I've That's got right. this on DVD. <laughs> That's it's, well, that probably shows your age there, Tony. Is my age? On it's on DVD, <laughs> uh, and it's what's a DVD. Tony? What's a DVD? I don't know, mate. It's that sort of round, yeah, shiny thing. We bring out a, a cassette tape, and we'll. Um, I actually do have cassette tapes. Actually, oh, I'm that old that you used to get. I, I when I first went to, uh, I first left home. I bought the stereo, and uh, you could get a CD, and you could dub it onto tapes. Oh, and it was pretty cool because it, you'd put in the time of your tapes, and then it would know how much time was on the CD, and it would split the songs evenly across the two tapes. I thought that was just amazing. Mate, I've, I've, I've got to say, I mean, I, I give you hassles about this, but I'm, I'm also from the generation I sit there and, uh, next to the radio and you had to just quickly hit record so that you could make your mixtape based, um, <laughs> based on what was playing on the radio and you'd get a little bit of the previous ad there at the start, even though you missed the intro of the song, one or the other. Um, so, yeah. Anyways. Anyway, we digress. So uh, It's not like so, yeah, us to digress. <laughs> not at all. So, yeah, mate, so we were talking about Band of Brothers earlier and um, – is that one episode that really uh, hit home for me on this topic where, uh, where Winters, I think he was a major at the time. Uh, it was just well, he started, he started off as second lieutenant, didn't he? He yeah, was second yeah. lieutenant. First lieutenant got killed when they got dropped. Yeah. And so he became yeah. first lieutenant of Easy Company. Sorry. Yeah. Just no, filling, right. filling in the he backstory. Built his way up. And yep. so obviously quite a few parallels for Winters you know, with people as they start any business, really, uh, you know, you start off being one of the guys, you know, and, and you work your way through and you get better and better and you climb up the ranks and, uh, and and your role and your identity really does change as a leader. And this really got highlighted in this one particular episode where Easy Company is um, 
They've just gone through the Battle of Bastogne, the Battle of the Bulge, and they're up in the forest in the Ardennes and uh, looking down on the town of Foy. Uh, and they're about to um, run over and take it. And they're coordinating this attack. Winters at this point is a major, and uh, everybody runs down. Obviously, Winters is not part of the, the, the assault at this point. That's he's, right. He's actually he's, off he's, the tools he'll... now. That's right. He doesn't exactly. pick up a rifle anymore. No, he doesn't. But obviously things go a bit pear-shaped as, as the fellas run down into Foy and uh, things start really going off the rails. The lieutenant he's just recently um, put in charge of Easy Company loses the plot and just starts doing everything wrong and Winters, uh, in a fit of what the hell, uh, sprints over, grabs a rifle off somebody else and moves to run down into the town. And Colonel Sink actually has to pull him back physically. Physically restrain him from doing that. That's right. And remind him, like, that's not your job anymore. Um, and you could just see it was everything Winters could do to actually stop himself and try to direct other people to go in and, and fix the situation. Because when things start going wrong, it's really easy just to revert back to what got you there in the first place and forget your role as the leader. But the hard thing is if Winters ran down there and got shot, now what? That's right. Uh, Basically, the whole thing would fall to bits. And I mean, you know, you probably experienced this in your business. You're trying to organize things and all of a sudden you get sucked back into the jobs or picking up the pieces. And then, you know, the, the organization gets out of control, the scheduling's out of control, the whole thing starts to unravel because literally it doesn't matter the fact that you're Superman or Superwoman, you can't do everything. And we see it time and time again, you know, you get an unhappy customer, every time there's an unhappy customer, you go in and fix it. Now you guys just don't even care about keeping customers happy because you'll fix it. You know, and every time you get really busy, you run in on the tools and and, and chip in because then we get through the workload. But the hard thing is you do that and no one's out there making sales, generating new work. So you get in, you help the guys get through a busy patch and then you're dead quiet because no one was uh, no one was doing your job. So I yeah. suppose it was a you know, good metaphor for that one is if you imagine a big old ship and you're supposed to be at the helm. Now, if you're out running around up and down the riggings, tying down knots and setting sails, um, that's all really efficient and it's great, but no one's steering and the ship just goes in circles, right? That, that's right. So are you doing well with the stories today, mate? That's two you've got in there. Um, I've got heaps on this that's, one. That's there. value for money. <laughs> uh, but this is a massively important thing because uh, Dick Winters was like an incredible soldier. Uh, he was incredibly brave. Um, I think they still still teach at West Point uh, a couple of the manoeuvres that he did for attacking fixed positions. He was like amazing. But his yeah. job now was leadership and and making sure the big picture was taken care of. And so I guess the question is how often in our you know, plumbing, electrical, landscaping or painting or glazing or drywall, whatever business you're in, uh, do we kind of forget that we are actually a leader and our most important role is to be the leader, particularly if you want to grow your business past yourself or you know even one or two, two uh, people helping you. Leadership is important. Your role actually switches from doing the work to making sure the work gets done. And that's the role of leadership. And it really becomes about building the team and putting the responsibility on them. Because if you don't do that, they're never going to rise to the you know, rise to the occasion as well. Yeah, that's right. 100% right. So what are some lessons that we uh, can take away as far as leadership goes? Like what are some things that, that our listeners can, can start to do and, and think about? Yeah, well, I, I actually, I mean, we talked about this before and we, we kind of disagreed on it, but not really. Uh, we're talking about culture just when we're practicing, you know, sort of thinking about what we're going to talk about today. So culture is, um, I think, huge. And culture is the way things are done around here. Uh, so I think and, and culture is like, um, you know, you know you've got a good culture if one of your tradespeople takes a, a, an, a, an apprentice aside and says, hey, man, 
uh, your uniform's dirty and you were here late. Like, we don't do that around here. That's a good culture, uh, mm. for example. Uh, you know you've got a good culture if uh, your tradespeople, uh, you know, maybe they ring each other up and try and solve a problem without having to call you all the time. That's like a culture of, you know, of ownership. Uh, so I think culture is important. But how do we? What are some practical things we can do? Well, I think one thing is is what we call core values. So as the as a business owner, let's come up and, and you get your team involved in this as well. This is another thing about leadership: get them involved. Like the old command and control style, just tell people what to do, and they're going to be grateful for having a job. That doesn't really work anymore. You've actually got to take people on the on the journey with you. Uh, I hate using that word, the journey. It's like the latest pop psychology crap. But anyway, but you kind of do take take them with you. So core values, what, what is, what's actually important to us as a business? What do we stand for? You know, is it professionalism? Is it speed? Is it honesty and integrity? Uh, you know, is it um, ownership? Have some core values or core standards that the business stands for. So I think that's, that's uh, super yeah, helpful. The one we learned about the other day, right, Tony, was uh, we had a great guest speaker in here, um, mental skills coach for the All Blacks, which is a New Zealand rugby team for for a long time. He's been part of the All Blacks uh, organization for over 20 years. He's their manager now. And he was talking about how values is cool, but, uh, you know, when you start calling them standards, um, it really sets quite a different tone. It has more more uh, punch. I'm holding yeah, my well, fist up uh, if you can't see me. It's, punch. it's like a line in the sand. It's like this is something that uh, that we absolutely don't budge on. Um, I really like the one from uh, Lieutenant David Marquette. Uh, he's a submarine commander, and he used to say, um, don't step over the rust. He's like, I don't give a shit what your job is. You you don't step over rust. If you find something that's wrong, it's it's in our DNA to to fix that and 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 get involved. Yeah, that is it's that n- is part of the nothing job. is ever not your problem. So again, that's an example of a standard, like something that we stand for. It's what we do, uh, which again sets the tone for the way people act. Yeah, huge, huge. Uh, rules of the game. Uh, what we're talking about here is leadership is crucial. And you've got to be the leader, and it's your job to grow the team and 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 provide the leadership. But here's some practical ways you can do it. So core values is one. Rules of the game are another. Was you basically write down how you want things to roll. Uh, now, if you just talk about it, it's kind of a wish, and uh, you can tell people things ten times and they never kind of remember. But you write them down, then it's real. And so that might be things really simple, like um, you know, what's your you know, when when do you turn up in the morning? We turn up ten minutes beforehand. Uh, hey, we have a no swearing on site policy. Uh, out in the field, we, um, you know, what are the rules around requesting leave? Uh, how do we, how do we talk to the the customers? How do we talk to each other? And we just write that stuff down so everyone's super clear when you when you bring them on, when you induct them into your business, <clears throat> you go through these these rules of the game just so everyone knows how you roll, and that's yeah. the leadership needs to provide a clear framework for how things go. So I think that's important. Mate, I think if I could just jump in on the rules, I think a lot of the time I do see confusion between values dash standards and rules. And I think for me, the easiest way to think about it is values, or if we want to call them standards, that's like how we are. It's what we're about, what we stand for. Rules are more like what we do and don't do. So they're more like specific actions or, or guide guide rails. And I'd like to think of values and rules, or if we call them standards and rules, um, as almost being like two guardrails. And once you know them, they're like boundaries that you can play within. It sets your field of play. Uh, which actually allows people to express themselves more freely, take more initiative, um, really just actually do better because they're not having to worry about where those lines are. You think about like a small bridge out in the country over a stream, you know, if there's no guardrails, you drive over that thing at about 10 miles an hour because you're just feeling weird about it. You put guardrails up and you can go over at 100 miles an hour and it's no problem. Uh, And it's the same bridge. 
And it's kind of the same thing. You put those boundaries in place for your team and they'll actually perform a lot better and take a lot more initiative because they know where they're allowed to be and how they're allowed to act. And the rules of the game, some pe- people freak out, oh, rules, you know, I'm with rules are like, no, nah. rules are like uh, kind of really rigid and, <clears throat> and um, people telling me what to do. But it's not like that. It's like uh, if you're playing a game of sport, you have rules because otherwise the game is absolute chaos. Uh, so that that's right. So you know, if you if you football without rules would just be insane, right? No one would know what's going on. So that's that's the kind of how it works. The other thing I think you you really need to do is, uh, and th- this is a lot about communication leadership. Honestly, it's been a great communicator, both listening and and not just telling, but listening. Uh, performance appraisals are really important. So you should do these at least every six months, and that's a chance to sit down and actually have a conversation about your your team members about where they're at, what's going well, what's not going so well, what their goals are. Like This is a huge part of leadership. Creating some, uh, one of your favourite sayings, Phil, and I've stolen it, brightness of future. I'm going to trademark that. It's good. Brightness of future. <clears throat> you know, where, What's the next step for them in the business? So you, can, you, you do that by having a dedicated time to actually go through their performance and their role and where they're at with the business. So I think that's huge as well. And another thing that we... Uh, we do and we teach our members is a 20-minute coaching session. Uh, so that's um, something that happens regularly. Uh, so you know, maybe every month and maybe for your really senior people might happen every week is you actually have a 20-minute set aside to talk about performance, KPIs, uh, issues that might be coming up, little trainings you might do with them, uh, and you do that regularly. And you know, if you've got a bigger team, uh, your team will do it with their you know, their direct reports as well. Maybe you've got an ops manager, they might do it with the tradespeople. If you have a GM, is, they might do it with... This is, yeah. this is huge, isn't it, yeah, Tony? And I think what we're talking about here is follow-through. Because, yeah. uh, I mean, if you look at performance appraisals, 20-minute coaching sessions, I'm sure there's people out there right now that are listening and you're thinking, oh, I've got core values or I've got rules of the game. And what I would challenge you to think about is, did you write them, stick them on the wall and never talk about them again? You know, because if you're not actually talking about these regularly, following through, you know, doing what you say you'll do, coaching the difficult parts and holding people to the standards you set, then you're not following through and and you might have written them one time, but you don't have them in place. And I think that's what we, we're trying to achieve, right? Well, I mean, if you write them once or talk about them once, that's hope. Consistently yeah. following them up and talking about them and making them real, that's leadership. 100%. Uh, so so that's those 20-minute coaching sessions are incredibly powerful. Now, the first few you do, we have a whole template and a, a whole you know, process around how to do these, but the first few times you do them are going to be weird as. They're like, yeah. hey, man, have you just gone to some hippie commune and you are like got some new age BS going on here? And they'll be like, but if you keep, if you stick at it, they'll start to uh, appreciate it massively. Uh, and you'll find that, see, here's the thing with leadership. You can, um, you can manage by reaction and dealing with all the issues, the ambulance at the bottom of the cliff, or you can be proactive and provide leadership and actually you know, do things in advance which will stop all that annoying stuff happening. Well, most of it anyhow. I think that's, that's important. I think the, the key thing here is um, as a leader, you actually really got to – the team has to know that you, you've got their back. They know that they can trust you. They feel some affection from you. That sounds a bit weird, but they have to know that you really care about them. And, I, and the best way to care – Show you care is actually to care. Yeah. And I challenge some people, uh, when you're busy and you've got so much going on, it's really easy uh, for people not to think you care because you're just under the pump. 
that's when you've really got to step up. Because totally. uh, I, I find this, you know, people fall into a couple of categories. Phil, they, f- they fall into the sort of a task-focused category or a people-focused category. So task-focused people, and most of us as business owners are task-focused. That's why we're in business. That's why we are successful or we're, we're doing stuff that other people can't do because we get stuff done. So yeah. task focus is really important, but leaders get into trouble when they're too task focused, they forget to actually take the people with them. And so you need a balance. And the, the bigger your organisation, sounds weird, you probably need to go more to the people focus than the task focus because your job right. is more about managing the people so they can do the tasks. And I think that's the thing is most tradesmen and techs are going to be task focused by nature. 100%. Um, so I think the thing to remember is as you become you know higher and higher up a leadership chain, and uh, you end up with more and more tradesmen and techs underneath you, and those are they have enough task focus for for, for the organization for to thrive. And someone needs to focus on the people, or otherwise, uh, all those task focused people become unhappy. And at that point, you've got you've got chaos, you've got rework, you've got callbacks, you've got backstabbing and infighting and silos and all the all the fun stuff that comes with that that bad culture or the inverse of what we've been talking you start people start leaving the organization they start exiting which is which is um not awesome and i think there's a phrase that um that we use it's a bit it's it's a bit kind of i don't want to use a swear word but it's a little (laughs) bit like i don't know highfalutin critical non-essentials uh (laughs) critical non-essentials what does that mean well it's as a leader if you can do things like acknowledge people's birthdays acknowledge um you know, you know all their kids. You know about their family, um, deaths, births, and marriages. You, you know, you, it really makes a huge difference because people know that you care. Yeah. So, uh, and I'm not saying that you, you, you know, task focus is important. Getting this job done is important, but carrying the people with you is more and more important the bigger your business grows. Your job is to grow the team. You know, the team's job is to grow, to grow the, the business. business. That's right. If you really want to get, you know, lots of profit great time and freedom from your business you need a strong team and to be a great leader is obviously a crucial part of that yeah well a team without a leader is not really a team they're just a, a group of people trying to all do their own thing which is well if you think about the you know band of brothers and and foy you know if if, if winters had gone down there they, they might have started shooting at each other yeah, well, I mean, it could have been chaos. Like, people would be running around everywhere. No one's really directing. It's that whole thing. No one's steering the ship, right? So, and I mean, how yeah, often has that happened in your business where you're just under the pump and, and you, you're working hard, but you're kind of going around in circles? Yeah. yeah that's exactly. that's that's about about leadership. Yeah. So what other qualities would we would we be looking for in a great leader? What do we, what do we advocate to our members? Well, I think the first thing is it's a mindset shift. You know, it's yeah. like I'm... I, I, my job isn't just to do the work. My job is to make sure the work gets done, and that's about building the team. So it's recognizing that that's a really critical role, and that it's hard work, and that at times you're going to feel resentful about it, like you're going to get frustrated, you're going to feel like people let you down, or not really picking up what you're putting down. That's part of it. Um, not everyone is like you. When you're an employee, some people are maybe not quite as motivated. Whatever. Maybe some people need a bit more back scratching and head patting than you do uh, as well. Well, I think that's important to remember because it's it's so easy to think when I was an apprentice, I was like this. When I was a tradesman, I was like that. When I was an ops manager, I used to blah, blah, blah. But there's a big thing you're forgetting here is you own your business now. Some of these guys in these roles, they'll never own a business. Uh, They'll never be where you are now or definitely not any further than that. 
Um, and that's okay. You know, like if they were as good as you are, they probably would be who you are. And, and that's something I think that's important to remember. It's, it's not about accepting any mediocrity, but it's just important to understand that not everybody's the same and not everyone's going to be as driven and committed and motivated as you are. Um, you know, those qualities are, are why you're a business yeah, owner. Now. 100%. So I think it's, it's really important that they trust you and that you're honest. Uh, yeah. And the best way to be trustworthy and honest or to show them that you're trustworthy is just to be trustworthy and honest. Yeah. Um, you got to care. Uh, and they have to know that you care. I think you have to make decisions. You have to be a person who can make decisions. Uh, and there's a lot to that. Uh, and, and maybe we can do another session on that at some time, how to, how to get the right decisions made. But you have to be a person who can make decisions that they can see that you can actually you know, make decisions and take control of things as well. Because if you're yeah. weak with that, they're going to struggle. So I think that's important. Um, this is a big one. You've got to let, the, let your people do their job. And I know yeah. because most of us are really good at doing stuff, our first impulse is to actually try and fix something. You know, like, like Phil said, we'll go and fix the problem that the client has. Yeah. That's, um, that's going to kill your culture because you're going to breed helplessness. In fact, one, I think you told me a story about this, um, yeah. which is kind of made you want to jump, jump, jump into the poo story. I'll the poo story. The yeah, yeah. So, um, look, I'm, I'm sure a lot of you out there have kids. And if you've ever had kids and you've gone through the potty training stage, potty training is one thing, but the thing they don't tell you about is teaching your kid to wipe their butt, uh, which is something altogether different. Now, my son's just gone through that uh, recently and um, he did the old, the old classic, which is he'd wipe and he'd wipe and he'd always get to a point where he wanted me to check. Um, and when he wants me to check, basically what he's saying is I've had enough of wiping now uh, and I want you to finish it off. That's really what he's saying. And to start with what would happen is I'd go in and I'd, I'd finish it off. And what I realized was he never got any better after that because people don't get any better than the level of where you jump in. Uh, what I learned was I actually just had to stop doing it. So he'd say, can you check? And I'm like, no, if you think you're done, pull your pants up. And he was like, oh, what if there's poo in my undies? And you say, well, then there'll be poo in your undies. And he says, oh, I don't want that. And I'm like, well, if you don't think you're done, you can keep wiping. And funnily enough, he improved, got better, and now he can do it. So I think it's the same with you guys, you know, like if you're getting guys calling you up and asking you, hey, uh, I've done this and I've done this, I've just got this last question, um, just ask them, what do you think? Oh, well, I don't want to get it wrong. I'm like, okay, cool. Well, what do you think? What, what would you do if I never picked up? And, and put it back on them. You have to let them get their own stuff right. You have to let them... Uh, try stuff out and actually like make their own decisions. If you always jump in when they ask for help, they'll just keep asking for help and they'll never improve past that point. So you have really to, important. Yeah, you have to let them perhaps get a little bit of poo on their undies. Yeah, and I think... The and, biggest, and you have to be prepared to put up with that too. Yes, that's it. You need to be prepared for the, the proverbial poo in the undies. Yeah. You know, if they make a mistake and they come back and say, hey, man, I, I took initiative, I, I, I did what I thought was right and I got it wrong, you have to be prepared for that to happen sometimes and deal with it the right way. Because if you come down on them like a ton of bricks, they'll just go back to asking you. But if you say, hey, mate, we all make mistakes sometimes. Um, look, bugger, I would have done it like this. So next time do it like that. Um, but look, you know, this is how I'd clean it up from here. 
yeah. uh, then they'll learn. Yeah, we don't want them to make the same mistake two or three times, and that's a, a whole other kettle of fish. Whole another kettle yeah. of fish. But but they need to be able to make a mistake because I bet you you've made a mistake as well. You know, if you're listening, you will have made a mistake. You're not perfect. You still make them. Still make them. And, and there's a great uh, little little rule here. It's the three one, uh, the one three one rule, Phil. So yeah, yeah. they they you know train your team to come to you with one problem, three uh, suggestions, and one solution. So one it's like one one recommendation. Yep. So mm-hmm. they tell you the problem. Hey, there's three things I could do here, and here's what I recommend that we do. And that's yep. a great way of of not micromanaging as well. Um, so and the leader don't don't micromanage. That's that's a killer. Uh, build your culture and be results driven. You know you've got to know the numbers in your business. You've got to understand what the results look like. If you don't know the numbers, financial numbers and some KPIs, really hard to lead properly as well. It's hard work, 100%, but it's worth it because, you know, if you want to have great time, uh, you know, a lot of time and flexibility and freedom from your business and, and money, cash flow and profit, you've got to be good at leadership. Uh, and you can do it. You 100% can do it. You've learned how to, uh, to wire a house or plumb a house or lay drains, whatever it is. You can do this stuff as well. It's just a different skill set. Yeah. Well, should we land this plane, Tony? Let's do it. So, look, if you want a great business that does give you time, money, profit, and freedom, then you know building a strong team is critical, and a critical role for you as the leader is to actually jump in and do that. And they have to know that you care, and you have to put some uh, some tactics in place to actually show that you're doing the leadership. That's your appraisals, your team rules, your core values, all that sort of stuff is going to help bed that leadership into the business. Uh, the key thing here is it's a mindset shift. Your role is no longer just to get the work done, it's actually to build the team so they can get the work done. That's the key shift uh, and it is hard work, but it's so worth it. So I really appreciate uh, your time today listening. Uh, we've had a great time, Phil. It's been been good fun. We'll catch you next time. And remember that your business will never outperform you as a leader. Thanks for listening. Now, if you enjoyed the podcast, there's four ways we can help your business. Number one, grab a free copy of my book called The Profitable Trading. And it's at profitabletradybook.com forward slash podcast. Two, join my free Facebook group at profitabletradie.com forward slash group. Three, subscribe to my YouTube channel. Just search Profitable Tradie in the YouTube search bar. Or four, book a free 15-minute phone call to find out about our coaching programs at profitabletradie.com forward slash podcast call. Or if you can't remember any of that, just check out the session notes.